0: About six years ago, 18 year old me went down to London for a gap year with Christian Aid. I was going to learn more about the charity and their work to end extreme poverty. And I was getting out into the community, hoping to inspire others to do something. And I was on the programme with around 15 other young adults. And during the first week we had lots of training together and in true Christian fellowship fashion, Every day, the leaders would lay on a huge spread of food, quiche and all. But I quickly spotted that there was no meat. Where were the mini sausages? Where was the ham and salami? Where were those lovely little chicken skewers that you get with a sweet chilli dip? Nobody else seemed particularly bothered. And when asked what we'd like for lunch the next day, I answered with more meat options. And it's safe to say my request wasn't answered. And there was something different about these people I was with. They were making very deliberate choices about the food they ate. And later in the week, I started to notice other things that they were doing. For instance, bringing a water bottle along and not using the single-use cups... And when we went out for coffee, uh, people around me would bring out their keep cups in sync, comparing the design features, whether they were like a screw top person, a flippy lid person, a clip on person. These friends would walk when they could. I don't really remember getting in a car with them during that week. There was something in their behaviour that made me stop and pay attention. And after chatting with these new friends, I soon learnt that for them, making choices, like this weren't just lifestyle choices but choices based on their understanding of God and their role as his disciples and this got me thinking and has led to me becoming really interested in what the Bible has to say about caring for creation and in turn has influenced my everyday choices about food, travel, clothing, money and much more. Not to say that I live a perfectly green life. I still drive a petrol car. I often buy food that's wrapped in plastic. And I do sometimes make choices that are based on convenience rather than sustainability. But after this experience, I do believe that my choices as a consumer are less damaging to the planet. Caring for creation has become part of my discipleship with Jesus. And looking at God's world through the lens of scripture has helped me to recognise that God cares about all he has made, and so I should too. And we're starting a new preaching series at the Fallowfield Evening Service called Creation Matters. We're going to look at the compelling biblical case for caring for our planet that God made for his glory and for his people's enjoyment. Now, caring about the environment is something that is increasingly spoken about in society. People like Greta Thunberg and other activists have drawn our attention to climate change. Sustainability policies are now a key part of most organisations. Recycling is something we can easily do as residents in Manchester. TV and social media have highlighted environmental crises around our world. And many of us have watched... David Attenborough's programmes we've seen the Netflix docs we've come across stats shared on Instagram about climate change a recent report from the intergovernmental panel on climate change gave some overwhelming headlines climate-induced extreme weather events are happening everywhere last year there were cyclones in Bangladesh and India floods in western Europe and South Sudan The climate crisis could cause 32 to 132 million more people to experience extreme poverty by 2030. They predict that we have about eight years to make some big changes to keep the planet at a temperature that is livable for all. Now, some of us will have already changed our habits, looking at our consumption, trying our best to protect God's planet. Many of us are trying to engage with the science and facts And this is important. But I wonder, have you ever explored what the Bible has to say about creation? Have you thought about the created world through the lens of Scripture? Today, we're going to start by looking at God's good world thinking about the world as it was originally created by God and drawing out some of the implications of this for our attitude towards the planet. And throughout this series we're going to be using a book called Planet Wise by Dave Bookless to help us know where to look in the Bible and to glean knowledge from theologians and other Christians. So today's message is based on chapter one of Planet Wise. If you haven't got a copy already, I'd really encourage you to buy one so that this conversation can go beyond our Sunday gatherings. Each week, we're also going to have a member of the CCM community sharing how they're pursuing ethical living in their life as a Christian. And it was great to hear from Molly a little bit earlier about uh, fashion and the choices she's making. Again, by asking these guys to come and share, we're not saying that anybody does this perfectly Well, actually we can all learn from each other as a community about practical next steps. So today we're going to cover three key questions about God's good world. And the first is this, what can we learn about God from creation? The account we have in Genesis 1 and 2 is inspired by God, but there were no human witnesses until the very end of the creation narrative. So we're not going to spend time today um, on whether the creation narrative is a literal description of how God made the world. But we are going to look at what the Bible has to say about God's relationship with creation. The creation narrative in the Bible shows us that God is beyond creation. He is the transcendent creator who is eternal, who spoke the whole universe into being from utter nothingness. Creation emphasises God's uniqueness and otherness. Nothing in the world even comes close to God. A beautiful sunset points to a skilled creator, but it's not God himself. Our world is amazing mysterious and inspiring but is still nothing in comparison to God. God's nature is also revealed through creation. Romans 1:20 says for since the creation of the world God's invisible qualities his eternal power and divine nature have been clearly seen being understood from what has been made. The world communicates important messages about God's to us by looking at creation we see his artistry think of a delicate spider's web the range of flowers you know even over in flat fields the tones of colour we see in the sky across the day vast and beautiful landscapes God is a God of beauty and order as well as power I'm sure some of you will have had moments where you're just looking at a sunset, you're gazing out across a natural beauty spot where you just stop and think, wow, God's pretty great, isn't he? (laughs) Look at what he's made. Psalm 19 verse 1 says, The heavens declare the glory of God. The skies proclaim the work of his hands. Creation is a natural place of encounter with God. Creation also shows us that God is committed to what he has created. The biblical story tells us that God's relationship with creation didn't stop after the creating process. God sustains and cares for the things he has made. And the Psalms reference this over and over again. Psalm 36 verse 6 tells us that God preserves both people and animals. Oops, sorry, I've just clicked all the way to the top. One moment. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Here we go. God loves our world deeply and he's involved with it intimately. Colossians 1 verse 17 says, All things hold together in Jesus. God loves his world so much that he sacrificed a precious part of himself, his son Jesus, to make all things new. To put an end to sin's control over his people, to once and for all claim victory over death and to bring us back into perfect relationship with him, the people around us and creation. God's spirit is everywhere The psalmist asked, where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? Now we live in a time of fear about the Earth's future. We know we're overusing the Earth's resources and our actions are harming the created world and people. And often the world's poorest people are disproportionately impacted by the effects of climate change. Yet, as Christians, we can have hope. We believe that God is committed to looking after this earth. He is the sustainer. And that doesn't mean that we sit back and relax and don't do anything. Our actions may seem small or too late. Yet God is committed to including us in his plans. And he can take our small efforts and weave them into his purposes in sustaining and renewing the earth. Scripture tells us that God's intention is to make all things new, to make a way in the wilderness and desert. And as his people, we get to play a part in that. Our second question for today is, what can we learn about creation itself? In particular, about its relationship to God and humanity. Firstly, the biblical text teaches that creation is good. It can be so easy to jump straight into what is wrong with the world. We know that many parts of the world are broken. Relationships between people are fractured. And the relationship between people and the environment is often unhealthy. But we must remember that before the fall, before sin entered the world, God declared the creation he had made to be good. And we must reject the idea that God's kingdom is good and the world is bad. Everything in creation was made good. Us humans may have messed some things up, but God had intended all created things to be good in his original purpose and plan. We so often frame the good news of the gospel from the birth of Jesus and we miss out all that happened before. And the Bible encourages us to celebrate that Creation is a wonderful gift from God. Creation also speaks of God. The created world shows us his glory. When you look at something beautiful in creation, it can sometimes be hard to put into words what it reflects of God. And this is something the psalmist picks up on. Creation speaks of God in a way that goes beyond language and right to the heart. And for some people, being in nature was the first way that they encountered God. We believe that God speaks through his words, the Bible, and his works, creation. We shouldn't overlook what the created world is saying about God. But it is important that we also read scripture to understand what God is really like. Psalm 24 1 declares, the earth is the Lord's and everything in it, the world and all who live in it. And doesn't this feel in sharp contrast to the message we're given out by society? Our culture tells us the world is ours. We can do as we please. This is my house. This is my city, our country, our land. Actually the Bible tells us it's all God's and there is truth in the idea that the earth has been given to humans to enjoy. For instance God's given us plants and animals for food so it's understandable that we've gotten a bit confused along the way but we need to find a balance. How can the earth be given to humanity yet also be God's? Well something can belong to a person in an absolute sense yet it could also belong to somebody else in like a temporary or limited sense. So for example I could borrow a book from a library and for that time it is mine but ultimately the library owns it. They've just let me borrow it for a period to enjoy. God gives his people the world to live in and enjoy but it still belongs to him at the deepest level. There are terms and conditions, if you like, to our claim over the earth. So, whatever we do to this earth, we must remember that we're doing it to God's earth. And back to my book analogy my treatment of that book needs to align with the conditions given by the library. If I damage the book, I'm damaging the library's property, I'm breaking the trust they've given me. And when I borrow a book, I've got to be a responsible steward, looking after that book, remembering that it's not mine, but theirs. And this has huge implications when we think about how we use the earth's resources. We will be answerable to God for how we treated his creation. We must treat creation with great respect. And we're hoping that throughout this series, our testimony slots in each of our services will help us to reflect and practically act on this call in our lives now we're on to the third and final question for today what can we learn about being human and our place within creation in the genesis narrative we are shown the nature of god the world and what it means to be human and the answer to this question is twofold We are part of creation, yet we're also set apart within creation. So firstly, we are creatures. Genesis 2 verse 7 tells us that God formed the first human beings from the dust of the ground. And the name Adam is from the Hebrew adamar, meaning earth or soil. In some ways, we aren't vastly different from other animals. We're all creatures before our creator. We have been created to have interdependent relationships with other parts of creation to know and rely on each other. But Genesis also highlights that as people, we are called apart within creation. Humans are distinct from the rest of creation as image bearers of God. In Genesis 1, verse 27, God says, let us make man in our image, in our likeness. So guys, we're pretty special. God created us to have a unique role in creation. We have a responsibility to steward and rule the earth as God's ambassadors. Now, the Bible uses imagery of us being kings and queens. Could have a look at Psalm verse 8 if you want to read a bit more about that. So we're sitting on a throne with the world symbolically under our feet, not to trample down on the earth, but reflecting God's just and righteous authority over creation. So we live in a tension that we are both earthly creatures and God's image bearers. It's when we have an unbalanced relationship with either aspect that things start to go wrong. If we forget that we are made in God's image, then we're just another animal on earth. Our value would be in our reasoning and skills. Only the strong would survive because we'd feed off the weakest. And actually, doesn't that sound familiar? The story of how many wealthier societies have treated creation The opposite danger is that we forget we are created and part of God's created world. And this has often been a danger for Christians. Sadly, some Christians have sometimes taken the stance that we can exploit and destroy as we wish. Too often churches have remained silent and not engaged in the conversation about creation care sometimes we have ignored what the bible has to say about being human and our place in creation and instead had an ideology that puts human beings above nature so the two sides of our human nature must be held in balance in planet wise the book we're looking at this term uh, dave bookless says this when we remember that we are both creatures of the earth And also made in God's image. This enables us to become truly human, to fulfill our God given job description and relate appropriately to our fellow creatures, the earth and God. Now, we're not doing this series to make anyone feel bad or guilt trip you into re evaluating your whole life, but we want to take caring for God's world seriously. And that starts with looking at scripture and taking the time to think through what it's telling us about caring for creation. We're going to unpack this theme more over the coming weeks, but let me just summarise what we've learned today. God is beyond creation, but God is also committed to creation. The Bible tells us creation is good and it speaks of who God is. Creation belongs to God, but God invites us to be part of looking after it. We are part of creation, but we're also called apart within creation as God's image bearers.